ladies and gentlemen, and we are back. Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. This is episode 14. As you guys saw in our little entrance, we had a little banner right there. Dylan, why don't you say hello to the world so they could see what's going on with your uh, with your uh, little banner? Well, you know, this banner is directed toward Piojo for the lineup that he put out yesterday and for the subs that he... Really, really should have made differently in yesterday's game against Toronto, but we'll get into that as everybody can see. I'm going to go ahead and stop sharing now. So <laughs> you know what? I had a different name for today's podcast, but we might we might just name it the what the fuck the WTF Piojo because we are mad. We're furious at this point. We're furious, of course. Now this is not my usual introduction. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, I think it's it's safe to say that most of us, if not all of us, feel the same way. So, welcome back to the Eagle Eye uh, Podcast, everyone. It's episode fourteen. As always, I'm your I'm your host, Ivan. Alongside me, as always, Mr. Dylan Jimenez. Dylan, how are you today? Oh man, it's not only been one of those days, but one of those weeks too for me in the college life. Oh wow! Unfortunately, and then of course, America does not help on the burden. Well. That without said, uh, we have plenty, plenty to talk about today on today's show. We have, what, pure CCL fever to talk about. And boy, it's not the type of fever we wanted. Uh, obviously, coming off a very, very poor result against Toronto. We'll talk a little bit about the Cruz Azul game as well, the classical Hoven that we eventually took all three points in. And a little bit of controversy going on in that game as well. And we'll look a little bit ahead into the future and what lies ahead in Ecaxa and as well as the return leg for us at the Azteca against Toronto FC. But now, before we start with everything and anything about this podcast, first of all, we kind of want to say our condolences go to those who uh, had a hard time out there with uh, with everything that happened with the YouTube headquarters. Uh, you know, we obviously, us being a big part of, you know, YouTube and, and being able to give this to you guys. So it was kind of a... And, you know, it was kind of one of those things that you just, you know, you kind of look at the world and, and ask yourself as to why. Uh, but, you know, our, um, our our praise and condolences to every single one of you who were maybe involved in this and as well to the to the platform that is YouTube as well. Anything you want to say to that, uh, Dylan? Yeah, just it's, it's nothing you want to hear. Um, I mean, it just feels like it's starting to be a day to day basis. Uh, it feels like a little bit to me. But, but I mean, um, at the end of the day, it's something that we got to prepare for and it's something that we shouldn't prepare for too as well. But, you know, um, condolences out to everybody affected and everything. Um, just, it's just awful to hear, but to hear that news, especially. It was, it was, it definitely did not help the mood later on in the day. And we'll definitely go and talk about that in a second, because I know, I know all of you listening are frustrated. You guys want to yell at the top of your lungs. You guys want to yell at your Herrera at the players. But before we get into that, Let's talk a little bit about Saturday's matchup against Cruz Azul. We'll go briefly into this because I think me and you want to talk mostly on what happened at Canada. Uh, but first of all, I think it should be well noted and said that we went and we got a result very well against Cruz Azul at home in the Clásico Joven. Two goals and a pretty good performance overall, I would have to say. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a pretty good performance overall. You know, I guess you could say, you know, the start, you know, a little bit, maybe about maybe the 10, 15 minutes to begin in the game, you know, not so much. And obviously toward the end of the game, too, as well. But overall, you know, we, we've handled ourselves pretty well, you know, responding after that goal, too, as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, 
I think the only thing that kind of shocked me was the fact that we started all of our starters right away mm-hmm. in this matchup. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. how you felt, but when I saw the lineup, um, I was a bit concerned as to why we were not resting some of our key players, knowing that we had to fly all the way to Toronto, knowing that it was not going to be an easy matchup. But I think Piojo opted out for a result at home rather than to secure a couple of legs uh, prior to the Toronto FC match. Yeah, I mean, you know, just just to bring that lineup back up, you know, obviously, uh, Marchesin in goal, uh, Parguilar, Edson Alvarez, uh, Aguilera, Vargas, Ivara, uh, Uribe, Guido, Cecilio, Henry, and Uribe, which, you know, Uribe left hurt, but, you know, obviously, we've seen him start yesterday, too, as well. And this is, I mean, obviously, you know, this is a pretty strong lineup. This is kind of the lineup that we've been seeing at the beginning of the year, too, as well. This is a little bit, you know, probably not Cecilio such as much, but still, you know, you got a key game coming up and Piojo wants to win championships um, with, with America. And one of those is being the CONCACAF champions too. You know, I feel like we got the squad depth, you know, to, to play in the Liga if we have to rest some of our starters, which is something that we want to do, something that we talked about too. Whenever we talked about the Cruzo matchup with Jason, you know, we expected some of the stars to be rested. And one of those well, was to be rested was Uribe, which I thought he was going to sit out against Cruzo. Yeah, yeah, I thought Mateus was definitely going to get uh, himself a rest. Um, I wouldn't have also been surprised if maybe Guido gets get a rest too. Uh, Renato, I uh, was expecting maybe even Oriol Peralta, but, um, you know, it, it, it didn't come down that way. And, and probably for, for the better part too, because I think if we would have not had some of those starters, uh, maybe things would have been different against Cruz Azul. Obviously, we go down uh, pretty fast in that game. Uh, it looked like the defense was a little bit, you know, wonky. It, it looked like not everyone was, you know, cemented in the right place. And, you know, even prior to that goal, they Cruzul had another good opportunity that um, that their striker uh, heads uh, kind of wide. So it it it, it looked like it, it was a little shaky for us. But I think, you know, overall the team, you know, buckled down and they got the result and they got the goals. Obviously, let's talk about the uh, the, the goal that kind of just kind of turned everything around, which was the Mateo Suribe goal. So. Um, I mean, what can we say about him? He's had a wonderful, wonderful season so far for us. Um, you know, just g- give me your reactions, your 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 emotions uh, when Mateo Soribe scores. Dylan, oh, it looks like we have a little bit of a technical difficulty here. Um, but I guess I'll just pick up where my question uh, finished off. So Mateo Soribe scores that rocket of a shot, and you really you 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 start feeling a little bit of you know uh, that that happiness that yes we're coming back we're we're definitely going to get back into this game. But I think you know prior to that you kind of had the question and and you were kind of you know in in the regard saying, well how is it that we're going to perform against Toronto if you know we're going up against Cruz Azul who maybe isn't the best Cruz Azul in you know recent times but still they are Cruz Azul um you know and and I think once Mateo Suribe kind of puts that ball into the back of the net you kind of see the team kind of rebound you kind of see the team start taking more of effect in the pitch and you kind of see them growing and really becoming a much better side so Ultimately, I think that goal leads forward and, and and kind of pushes the team to go and find that second goal because I think the ball was moved, was being moved a little bit better. The team was actually shaping a little bit better. And I think overall, that was what helped the team progress and get into the second goal. So I think we have Dylan back. Dylan, are you back with us? I am back. You know, guys, I'm just going to announce my retirement now since I always have the difficult difficulties of this podcast. <laughs> 
So this is the end. Of, this is the end of me, guys. So I'm gonna go ahead and get off now. Uh, Dylan, always with the technical difficulty. You know, the funny thing is, we were talking about this before coming on the show. You know, the the positives and the negatives of technology. And I've I've I told Dylan that it looked like whenever we have discussions about technology on the show, it always seems to be a negative because we usually always have a technical difficulty. So that's a bit of a bummer right there. But um, yeah, it's uh. It is what it is, man. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The, the cool thing about it is the people that are listening to us on the go can't really see that all this going down. Yeah, that's, that's true, too. So I'm back, so I'm not really ready to retire. I'm, I'm in this for the long run. All right. Mr. Dylan signed uh, a 10-year deal with us, and he will commit to that. No buyout clause. So he will be here. He will be here. So um, kind of where I left, left off and where you kind of just, you know, maybe – "Quote unquote," rudely left. Um, <laughs> so, the, so America gets the goal, and and you kind of see kind of a rebound, you know, start. And and I think the fact that Mateo Siri scores that goal, it leads automatically to that second because I feel the team's starting to move the ball more. It's starting to link up better. The confidence is back. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt, dude. You know, I, th- I think uh, what re- what really got us concerned was the back line a little bit. You know, because I've already said, you know, Cudurso had a chance early on in the, and, you know, within the opening five minutes too, because Cudurso didn't get their goal until about the sixth, seventh minute of the game too. And so, you know, you see the back line struggle a little bit too. You know, but lucky enough, we get that rebound. We were creating the chances. You know, we also obviously we have Renato, Renato creating those chances. You know, you're seeing the likes of Henry. Uh, Oribe and Cecilia too. So, you know, you're going to see those chances created. You're going to see Cruz Azul defense, you know, get a little frustrated too, trying to trying to mark these players too as well. And we're lucky enough to get that rebound too as well. It was. It was lucky. But, you know, sometimes you need luck in these kind of scenarios, especially in a classical like this. Um, I mean, what, what could we say? The, the team performs well, you know, closes out the half a little bit better than they did starting it. Um, but I think if we take anything away from that is that that should be a worrisome sign. We should be very worried because if you, if you match up this crucial game versus this Toronto FC game, there are things that correlate exactly to each other. And one of them being the fact that this America side, when the team starts, when the opposing team starts going at them and starting putting the pressure on them, it looks like we're a little fragile, we're a little bit weak. Our, our knees start to, you know, shake and buckle. We saw that against Cruz Azul. And we saw that against Toronto FC, which we'll get into a little bit later. But we see that when it comes to starting a game, if the opposing team runs at us, most likely they're going to catch us off a guard. Dylan? Okay, I apologize. It looks like Dylan again has left the building for the meantime. Um, I do apologize for the technical difficulties. Um, But kind of what I was trying to say is that these two things kind of correlate with each other. You know, uh, Cruz Azul gets a very good start on us. Uh, they they come and they drive and they push, and they kind of find us in an unbalanced position. Afterwards, when you get into the Toronto FC match, you see the same thing going for for them. They come, they come at us. Then you know we, we kind of buckle down, and and it doesn't really work for us. We're we're kind of all over the place. We haven't cemented ourselves the way we wanted to, which is a worrisome thing because if this is how other teams can just come in and kind of get an early goal, then we need to put a stop on it right away. We cannot allow something so easy, so so basic, really, 
I mean, at, at that stage, at that level, you should be ready and prepared from the get-go. You know, there's no point as to why if Cruz Azul starts running at you in the first two, three minutes, you shouldn't be looking like a bunch of, you know, 12-year-olds who don't really know what the position they're playing. You know, same thing goes 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 into effect when we talk about the Toronto FC match, but I'll, I'll, I'll make another correlation to that when we get there. So, Dylan has joined us again. Dylan, thank you for coming back. You know, man... <laughs> It's just I don't know what it is today, dude. I don't I don't know. I pay so much money to go to this school, and you see how the Wi-Fi acts up. <laughs> if it isn't if it isn't the podcast, then it's us playing FIFA 18 Pro Club. So, I mean, what can we say? We're used to it, no? That is true. Like that one time when you know we were, we were winning good, and all of a sudden disconnected, and then we we got the L two that game. Oh man, school Wi-Fi people. School Wi-Fi can't trust it, but you gotta love it sometimes. Anyways, okay, where where, where are we picking up off of, man? Where where what did you, where did you just end? Uh so basically, so I, can... I was just kind of making that correlation between the fact that uh, whenever we start, um, America is uh, the correlation. Excuse me, the correlation between the Toronto FC match and the Cruzul game, in where Cruzul comes out as. In, in the opening first couple minutes and they get a goal, Toronto FC, you know, does the same thing. And it looks like that's kind of the strategy to go up against us is charge at them. And because it looks like they're, they're, they're fragile, they're weak, and they're not, you know, positioned perfectly the way they should be. Yeah. Yeah. And in the end, you know, it comes down to really who wants it more too. You know, sometimes, you know, like you said, you know, we're overcomplicating plays a little bit. We can't stream uh, three complete passes in a row, it seems like, together. And holding the position of the ball, too, is something that I've always talked about, too, as well, holding that position. And, you know, somebody's got to lay the foot down eventually and, and show that we're dominant and we're not going to take that as well. You know, we sh- it should be the other way around with, with the players that we got. We should we should be showing that the other team's fragile and we get the knees and not us and that's what it's, that's what it feels like in the midfields sometimes to me. It does it does and it's it's I think that's got to be one of the most frustrating things because you see that you know it's it it's kind of what I was saying a little bit earlier too is that it's it's kind of very basic these mistakes that you make right away, you know to not be tactically you know to not know exactly where you have to be positioned. That's something that you should be be able to do so right away from as soon as the whistle blows. You shouldn't be giving up that much space. You shouldn't be giving up that much of your own positioning. And then, you know, to see the America's weaknesses just charging at them in the first couple of minutes because they're not maybe 100% focused is a little worrisome. Yeah, and it, it, keep, it keeps coming back, man. Like, it keeps coming back. You know, we've said this in previous part before. And, you know, I'll go ahead and just re-say it because you already said it. You know, it's just it's the same little mistakes that we've made week in and week out, you know, regardless of who we're playing, regardless of, of of the result, what it comes down to. We're seeing those mistakes, and this is something that should be fixed in the training ground and not we're not seeing consistently week in and week out, but like I said, which we keep seeing. And, you know, at the club, at the club of this level, um, should be making that mistakes with the players that we got right now too either. Yeah, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. It's 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 frustrating, and and you know we'll we'll go more into detail about that when we talk about our frustration about against Toronto FC. But you know, overall, the the half is closed, and 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 America goes in in with the lead, and you know things are looking good. It's a, you know two one at that point. Um, we'll stay two one overall. But come the second half, 
And another thing that correlates a lot with the Toronto FC match is America just kind of lets Cruz Azul grow and 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 kind of just get you know comfortable in the second half. You see Cruz Azul start growing more. They start you know moving the ball around more. There's more pressure from them. There's a little bit more of this confidence getting built up because America's not really putting them under that pressure because America's not really focusing on, you know, kind of killing them off and, and kind of, you know, disrupting their play. They're kind of saying, okay, well, we'll kind of soak in the pressure and get you on the counterattack, which granted it almost worked a couple of times, but for the most part, you know, you, you're letting this team grow with that have the, you know, very good capable players of, of, of putting the ball into the back of the net. You know, fortunately for us, there was a time where one of their players hit the, hit the crossbar so mm-hmm. it, it's frustrating to see that, you know, we're, we're kind of letting these teams have the game. We're kind of letting them grow and we're kind of letting them say, okay, here's the ball, take it. We'll, we'll get you guys on the counter. I, 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 I know that's one way of playing it, but really, should we give them such a liberty, especially at home? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree, man. I think one point, one thing we can point out too is, um, we see how the how the game turns a little bit too. Whenever we see Mateus Uribe come off the field too, um, you see you see the midfield change a little bit, a little a little bit like how, like you said, you know, we're letting them have the freedom or letting them have the space to really dictate the tempo of the game, and you know, it, it kind of shows again how key of a player Mateus Uribe is in the midfield too as well, because you know you bring Joe Corona on and you know you didn't really see that with Corona what what uh, Uribe does with the with the midfield too next to Guido, and so it's it's. Like I said, dude, like we we got the players, but those players can those players really continue this for a full ninety minutes? And we we've seen like they really can because it seems like every game this happens. Um, we we we, we it seems like we dominate the first half. The second half comes and it's just the plan opposite. We're, we're, the the teams getting dom- dominated. They're not dictating the tempo. They're not holding possession as much as we did in the first half. And it, it it's just the consistency of the game. It seems like every week. Yeah. Yeah, and that's frustrating, and we'll we'll definitely talk about that too when we talk about Toronto. How frustrating it is with with you know everything that you just mentioned. But you know, ultimately, we get the results against Cruz Azul. Um, you think it's a fair result? You think you think we merited that uh, that that two one result? I think so. Um, th- despite the fact that, like like we said, you know, we let Cruz Azul dictate the tempo and possession in the second half. I think. We've shown that we st- we still have a good back line, and that back line really stood up against the test whenever that pressure was put on. And I think it's fair to say, too, we had our chances that we could have put the, the game to bed. But, you know, again, like we've mentioned time and time again, um, that that decision-making in the final third, that final pass, is, it's just mm-hmm. sometimes it's not even there. So that's the most frustrating right. part. But... You know, we had our chances just as well did uh, the Cruz Azul. So ultimately, we walk away three points, three big points, huge points going forward um, because it, it kind of gave you that confidence going into the Toronto FC match that, okay, I think uh, that I think Piojo's, you know, managing us in the right way. Would have liked to see a couple of these players get a little bit more of a rest. Obviously, that big scare with Oriol Peralta coming off. Um, mm. But, you know, ultimately, I think we were – I think everyone – was really saying, okay, I think we can go into to into Toronto and really get a result. Yeah, you you see it. You see the team how the team played pretty well, and you think, okay, well, we can go get a good result in Toronto. And like that's what I was thinking going in, and you know, I had a good feeling all day, and apparently, it wasn't a good feeling after all. <laughs> 
me and we're going to whenever after after seeing the game. Yeah. And then too, let's remember it was a classical. It was a classical. You mm-hmm. always want to win classicals and you know, especially in a game, you know, against Cruz Azul and at home when you know in your fans, everything. So I mean, I really thought this was going to be the perfect stepping stone coming into CCL and being able to just kind of take care of business as well. Um obviously and, and as we all know that wasn't the case but you know I'm I'm happy with the with the way that that result went against Cruz Azul. I'm I'm, I'm happy to take that 2-1 victory in the Clásico Joven. Yeah, yeah. I'm def- I'm definitely take that that 2-1 too as well. So, we'll move on. We'll move on and we'll start our rant for the rest of the show which is going to be Toronto FC but before we go anywhere I just want to say thank you to every single one of you guys who have supported the show as of so far don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Eagle iPod and if you guys ever miss a live episode for whatever reason make sure you guys do follow us on SoundCloud and make sure you guys do have us on iTunes for whenever you guys want to go and need a little bit of Club America with you you guys can always take us and we'll always be there. So make sure you guys do have us on those platforms, iTunes and SoundCloud. So without further ado, Dylan, let's talk CCL. Let's talk the nightmare that was Canada. So we go into this matchup pretty confident. I think it's fair to say, um, you know, from the MLS perspective, some of the Toronto FC players, uh, some of the Toronto FC supporters, very, very conf- confident in themselves as well. They think we took down Tigres. Club America should be a key, a piece of cake. And unfortunately for us, it we we played on to to what they were expecting. So it it, it is what it is, unfortunately. But give me your emotions, give me your reactions when you see the lineup. Because let's face it, we thought Henrik would be playing, but he didn't. So maybe run down the lineup and let me know exactly what you were thinking. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know, dude. Like, I saw this lineup, and I was just here, just thinking about like, oh, okay. Well, like, I see. I see. Obviously, my seen start, ball start, and then I see Edson. Like, I mean, I know we've always talked good about Edson, but yeah, Edson's not what I was expecting. I was expecting Bruno Valdez alongside Emmanuel Aguilera, and then you see Carlos Vargas, and then you see Mateus Ribe, Guido. You see Da Silva. Mm-hmm. Andres Ibarguin, and then he Cecilio and Oribe up top. And I see this lineup, and I'm just like, this isn't the lineup I really, really expected. This is something totally different. And I, I kind of felt like the, this is a good lineup to really get a good result, too, in the end. But I don't think Piojo's gamble really paid off in the end, too, as well, whenever we see the end result. No, it didn't. It didn't. And and let's let's maybe backtrack a little bit too with what Pio Herrera said in his press conference the day before, saying that, you know, the league isn't really comparing itself to MLS. What the league is trying to push for is comparing themselves to European leagues, basically saying that, you know, the MLS is much smaller and, you know, we that the league I make isn't really, you know, paying much attention to them. That MLS is trying to catch up to to Liga Mekis. Of course, that, you know, rattled uh, rattled the cage. Everyone kind of, you know, took it as a diss. Whether you want to take it like that, that's that's your own personal opinion. But it is what it is. So you're saying, so now you're thinking, okay, Pio Correra is talking the talk. Let's see if he can walk the walk. And as soon as you see this lineup, you start having questions because, first of all, why on earth isn't Henry Martin starting? 
he is your top leading goal scorer in the league, and is uh, I'm I'm it's fair to say that he's also our top leading goal scorer in CCL, right? I believe so. That's something that I'd have to double check. I'm not too for sure about that. Either way, he's a goal machine in this tournament. We've seen it. So, for you to come out and play with a lone striker, a solo striker, which is Oriya Peralta, which I'm just going to put it out here. Oriya Peralta is not at that stage anymore of his career where he can be the solo striker anymore. He can't. He shouldn't, and, and he needs someone up there with him. What he does best is receive the ball, shield it, cover it, and then move it. That's what he does. He can't just hold the ball and move around, take on two players and take, you know, take a shot. That's not his game. That's not what he does anymore. You know, his end game is receive the ball, shielded, play it along, get into the open space. You know, for that, he needs someone up top. He needs support. He didn't have that this game. But ultimately, we'll we'll, we'll talk about everything that went wrong a little bit right now. But Henry Martin should have started that game. Everyone, everyone on Twitter was agreeing with, with everyone, really. Everyone said, where's Henry? And then you kind of see, you think, okay, you're confident seeing that Mateo City was a little bit more forward, thinking he's going to get himself into very good spaces. He's going to have the ability to kind of just free roam and be exactly where he wants to be. You see Guido Rodriguez and you say, okay, we know what he can do. You see William Da Silva and you think to yourself, "Mm, maybe, maybe he can have a good game. Of course, then you see Ibarwen and Cecilia Dominguez. You kind of have your questions about Ibarwen because he hasn't performed to the you know, to, to what we expect him to, you start questioning why isn't Ibarra starting. And in the back line, you're a little bit thrown off by Edson Alvarez, but at the same time, you're kind of okay with it too because he had a pretty decent game against Cruzul. And, you know, Ghost improves out why he started that game against Toronto FC, having a really, really good game against them. So, ultimately, you're not 100% with the lineup, but you're also not thrown away and saying, okay, I'm not confident anymore. I think you see this and you say, Okay, let's get the result. Let's get the result. You see Toronto's lineup. It's exactly what people expected. Three at the back, five midfielders. Uh, well, technically it could be quote-unquote 5-3-2, but Toronto likes to say that they play with a 3-5-2. But either way, that regardless of the point, their two main targets were, were always going to be Giovinco and Josie Altador. Now, with all of that aside, you look at the pitch and you think to yourself, what is going on? This is one of the worst pitches I have ever seen America play on. And I've seen them play against pretty crappy pitches from the Liga de Ascenso. But, I mean, mm-hmm. this hands down has to go down as one of the worst. Maybe not exactly because of the pitch itself, but the weather, too, played a huge factor in this. It was a pitch that really, I mean, it's quite frankly, I don't think you know, you could play that much football and, and and I don't know what your thoughts were about the field. Yeah, the pitch was just terrible, man. It's, the, the weather conditions didn't help it at all. And so it, it really sucked that you had to see America play on that, especially if when, you know, people want to get MLS serious too like that whenever MLS is having to play. Uh, an MLS team is having to play on a pitch like that whenever it just doesn't look like they take care of their field at all. Now, we're not trying to say that the pitch is an excuse for the result. It's not. No, it's no. a factor, though. It's yeah, a factor. It's a factor. I'll tell you why it's a factor, too. Because we could not play our football. 
we saw so many times trying to control that ball, it would bounce, it would just go everywhere. The ball would slide. You you saw people lose their footing so easily. Even the Toronto FC players were giving away premature balls because of the uh, the, the weather conditions and the pitch conditions as well. It's not an excuse. It is definitely a factor. That's pretty much it. We're not going to go more into detail than that. But I think if 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 you kind of put everything together, you could see why this America team would struggle. But you would not have expected the result that you got from the team because it's one thing to lose 2-1 and and or 3-1 and you know see the team fighting and you know you and and see that there's courage that there's heart that there's you know so many chances that we created unfortunately because of the weather or the pitch that we weren't able to do anything about it but that wasn't the case that was not the case we lose this game 3 to 1 because we just we, we we couldn't hold on to the result because we couldn't go find the result. And I think that's the most frustrating part because the tactics were just completely wrong in this matchup. And I think this goes down and should go down to Piojorera. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, I feel like whenever um, I see the game being played out, because, you know, obviously, you know, I that I, I couldn't catch the first half because my streaming service was not working whenever I was going off to do stuff. I did catch the second half, but you, you, you don't see Carlos Vargas in the game. He's, it seems like he's non-existent. You see Aguilar, it seems like he's all over the field and that doesn't really seem to work out either. And, you know, it seems like the center backs are pushed up way more than they need to be. And I just, I just feel like, Yohorera didn't respect Josie Altador or Giovinco either, you know, and obviously, you know, whenever you see the the second goal that Josie Altador scored, you know, maybe, you know, it was, it was a bad mistake in the back line or anything, but like just things like that, man. I mean, like, I just, I just feel like Yoho wasn't out there showing the respect that this team needed. I mean, regardless of how, how you look at the MLS, regardless of anything, you know, the, this is the best team in MLS history that won the triple. And so you got to you got to give them that respect too as well. And I don't think Bjorn really gave him that. Yeah, I think he was trying to be a little bit uh, a little bit smart, uh, trying to maybe play a little bit uh, a high line because he knows that these two players like to run a lot. The fact that Giovinco and Josie Altador kind of like to, you know, be a little bit quick on their feet and you know trying to catch them off on the offside trap, obviously did not work whatsoever. One time I didn't I don't recall a time where Giovinco was offside or Josie was offside. Um, they obviously knew what the game plan was. They read it right away and they adapted to it. They adapted to it very well. And we couldn't adapt to their adaptation, if that makes any sense. But it's, it's, it was frustrating. So now let's go into detail. Let's talk about the first goal because the first goal is very conditional to the match. Um, you know, it's right off. You see America trying to touch the ball, trying to get their feet planted. It looks like it's going to be a messy game. You already know it. You already see it because of all the, all of what we talked about, the pitch, the weather, all of that. And on top of that, you add the fact that the referee gives away a, I want to say, a little bogus of a penalty. I I know you've seen it. I know you've seen the replays, and everyone's talked about it on Twitter. For me personally, it's not a it's not a penalty either. For I want to say most of the people watching, it was not a penalty either. Regardless, um, referee gives it. Edson is so unfortunate, so unfortunate to concede that penalty. And because of that, Jovin goes, you know, goes up to the spot, takes it, and we're down a goal already right away. But before that, the same thing that I was talking to you about in the Cruz Azul match, Toronto was doing that. 
Toronto was going and taking the game at America, and we kind of didn't know how to cope with this. We kind of were a little bit thrown off, not just because of the weather, not just because of the pitch, but because of how Toronto FC were kind of just going at us. But we shouldn't have been so surprised. I think we should have anticipated this because, one, they're the home team. Two, they want to they take the most advantage that they can before they get to the Estega. And three, I mean, it's just kind of plain, simple soccer knowledge that, you know, the home team is going to come at you. Better be ready. So, I mean, you know, before the penalty, you kind of see that this Toronto FC is a dangerous team. And we're just leaving spaces open. Ridiculously spaces open. And I'm glad you mentioned Carlos Vargas because he was one of those sides that he just looked like was non-existent in the matchup. And so many balls went through there. So many link-ups played went through that side of the pitch that it was just so frustrating to see because, again, we were opening all this space. We looked like we had barely no midfield. It was like, what's going on? And then, of course, because of that, you know, Jovinko starts uh, the pressure and Nathan Alvarez, you know, slides in good and clean, but the referee gives away the penalty. So, you know, we go down one one nil down. I know you weren't seeing this, but, I mean, did you hear about this or, or, or did you find out about this in any way? Yeah, yeah, I found out about this and you know i i still haven't i still haven't seen it yet i still haven't seen whenever the penalty was called but from what i was reading it it, it either it either said no penalty or it was really really soft which which you know at this point when you're saying two is this not a penalty you know i, I need to go back and look at that really to get more of my word about that but i mean yeah i mean it's just unfortunate for Edson too, after having such a, a good game against Cruz Azul and you know him having a good game too against toronto and you know Kind of going back a little bit, what you said, you know, our it just felt like the whole game, you know, now that you're now that you're saying about the first half and the second half, our whole left side was exposed, and you know, it came down to really, really, it feels like to me that I'm coming back and it's biting me, and biting me in the butt that you know I've had this full confidence in Carlos Vargas, and Carlos Vargas had like what, like four good games at the left back position. Now he's not doing nothing at the left back position. You know, it's, it's coming to the fact which I wish Miguel Samudio would have stayed. You know, it might have not been the best of options, but he would have got that job done. Yeah, regardless, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think at this point of the season, you kind of look at America, and it's a no brainer. You know where the weakness is. You know where you have to attack if you're the opposing team. It's that mm-hmm. left hand side. It's that left-hand side. And as much as you want to put there, Carlos Vargas, as much as you want to try to put Will in the Silva there, they're not natural left-backs. We can try to put Aldo Cruz there, but let's face it, the guy's Canterano. The guy's new at this. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm just saying he needs more time to develop and become a little bit more, you know, equated with the with the, with the position and what's going to be asked of him, you know? He's still a rookie. Yeah. He's still going to make those rookie mistakes. We need someone a little bit more mature, someone that's well-cemented into that position. We don't have that at this point. You know, we don't have that. Carlos Vargas, for as much as we want to talk about why it is that Pio Herrera keeps playing him week in and week out after some pretty shocking performances, I would have imagined after Trophies beat him in that header in the Classico, I would have thought that was the end of Carlos Vargas at left back for a while. But it wasn't. And we see this going on. It's a consistent thing. And hopefully, hopefully, I pray that when we come and meet up against Toronto in the Azteca, Pio Herrera is either putting in Aldo Cruz or he's found a solution to this left back position because I don't know if I could take another Carlos Vargas mistake because I think it's going to cost us. Yeah. And, and regardless of like how, like I said, like how much we, we vouch for him too, man, it's, it's time for it to end. It's he, he's got to know now, dude. And I'm sure Carlos Vargas knows that he doesn't have these good games and, 
he he probably questioned himself, why am I still starting in this left back position when you know you, when he can see that I'm not acquainted to this position. Bill's got to figure it out, man, and you know he's got to figure it out soon if, if whenever for for this second leg and for the rest of the season too as well. And you know what? This is maybe something a little bit in in on on the crazy realm, but I would not be surprised. Would not be surprised whatsoever if he moves uh, Paul Aguilar to the left and makes Etan Alvarez play on the right for for Toronto. That's that's a good possibility too. That uh, I've never really thought about that, but now that you bring it up, I can I can see that happening too as well. Which, I mean, what other options do we really have? You know, besides the besides maybe Aldo Cruz. I mean, but like you said, you know, he's barely coming up. You know, he's still a rookie. He does, he hasn't really got that much playing experience. You know, he barely made his debut in the Liga last year, right? Against Cruz Azul. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I think it was in Cruz Azul in the Liga. And so, you know, you, you, you don't really see him that much, you know. I'm not saying that he's bad. I mean, he said that too already. I'm not saying that he's bad, but we haven't really – I really haven't seen him that much to really give him a straight start. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 exactly what you're saying. So I I hope for for Pio Jose, he knows what he's doing and he's ready for this Toronto FC match coming up on Tuesday. So, you know, let's 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 go back to what happened in the first leg though, because I think there's still so much more that we need to dissect. There's still so much more that we need to talk about. For example, the fact that we we concede that goal, of course, it conditions the match now because now we're chasing the game. You know, now now it's Toronto FC that have the control. And now it's us that kind of have to chase it, which sucks in in so much different ways. Um, ultimately, though, I think the response from the team was a good one. We we, mm-hmm. we know that we're chasing. Now we know that we have to go and we have to fight back, kind of like what we did with Cruz Azul. And we kept going at it. We kept pushing them. We kept trying to find little spaces, little pockets, and we did. And that was yeah. the, and, and that was the good part. That was the good part. Yeah. We did, and then a brilliant, you know, play from uh, from Iwarwin, who's finally showcasing why it is that we brought him. And I mean, it's it it just shows why you know why he's he was so hyped, and and finally he performs and he does something that's you know shocking and, and out of this world in a sense that we haven't seen this from this guy, and you know he puts us one one at that point. At that point, uh, I'm happy. At this point, I'm thinking, yes, we're back in it. Now we can move forward with the original strategy and kind of push and get the result that we wanted. Yeah. So, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, you've seen this team battle back numerous of times, and you, you've, see, you've seen them get the goal. You've seen them put the pressure to that leads to their goal too as well. But, you know, at the same time, you see it, and then you get this. You get the same end result. You know, sometimes you know you're either going to get an America that's going to be controlling the game and dictating the tempo, or you're going to get it to where like it was go back. It goes back to normal. Like like if the other team's going to control the game and dictate the tempo, and you know, I, like I said, I didn't see the first half. I didn't really see how that went after the first goal, which I'm. I'm which you told me it's been a really good game. You know, it's been seemed like I've been going back and forth, but in the second half, you know, you kind of see the. America's losing it a little bit, you know. They're not dictating the game, they're not controlling the tempo, and that's something that, like I said, we you've seen too. After America seemed to fight fight back, they they just lose it somehow. The smartest teams around the world know how to control games, know how to how how to dictate them, and I think that is something that we did and we've done before, and we can do. I just don't know exactly what's going on, why we can't do it anymore, and that's the that's that's ultimately what's frustrating, but. I do want to point out that 
after that goal, we looked the better side. We were moving the ball a lot more. We were finding these spaces. We were finding these opportunities. We had a couple of good opportunities to go on 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 the on the score sheet. And I would argue that the goal that Toronto FC scores is one against the run of play, and two, very lucky, very unfortunate for us to concede that because if you see, it's kind of a rebound of a of, of a Toronto player that Jovinko then you know plays it off to Josie Altador. And then, of course, I think in that goal, Carlos Vargas should have done so much better. He kind of just stands there, opens his legs, hopes that he, that's good enough. I would like to see a little bit more of him challenging Josie, you know, kind of body him up, kind of give your teammates time to recover and, you know, just block that shot. Give, get in front of him even more, close down that angle even more. You know, and then and then like the way that kind of Carlos Vargas just kind of just like, okay, I'll kind of just get in front of him, see if I can block it, you know, not really press him as much, which was the most frustrating part about it. And then of course Josie scores right before the half. But even after that, I was still confident that we were gonna come back and find the game and get a two-two result, which would have been absolutely amazing to walk away from Canada with a two-two result. Um, so you know, the half ends. And I'm thinking, okay, we can see two pretty, you know, weak goals. One of them a, a BS penalty, and the other one a, a, a BS of a rebound. And but we, our goal was good. We scored good. We're moving the ball good. I like how we're doing. All we got to do is step it up a little bit more, and kind of just go find the game. Don't give Toronto the opportunity to play their game. Go out there and dictate it, and do what you got to do. That's what I was thinking. America was gonna do, of course. They didn't even wasn't even half of what they did, but I think beforehand, when they go into the locker room, this whole commotion happens of, you know, America coach coming up to Jovinko and uh, apparently assaulting. Uh, 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 maybe not the word is assaulting, but you know, kind of comes up and verbally starts confronting him. This whole thing, you know, kind of becomes kind of a a bit of a mess. How much do you think that played into the America players? coming into the second half. I mean, like I said, man, I mean, it seems like we, like I said, we, we seems like we can control the game. We could play our game. The second half, it seems like we just lose our mojo and we lose it. And this plays a, a, this plays, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, like it's, it's really hard to say because you have all these other factors too. You have, you have the, the ref who, doesn't doesn't you can really tell he's being biased towards towards uh, us too as well. You have the pitch conditions, you have the 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 weather conditions, and then you all of a sudden you have this. I mean, you really you really start to think what's going on in each other each player's head as as they hear this too as well. Is it's not something that you want to see from the staff either as well to confront a player like that. You know whether it be on your team, whether it be the opposing team, and so. It's just not good for the team overall, man. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was very unfortunate. Um, this kind of reminds me of what we were talking about when America lost uh, to, to Toluca. You know, kind of everything kind of was going uh, against us. The referee calls, you know, things here and there. Uh, obviously, with the whole, you know, fiasco between Piojo and Cristante. So it, it, it looked like it was kind of repeating itself in that sense, um, which is unfortunate. But again, we're not making an excuse out of this. We're not. It, it's it's only a factor into the game. It should not be the reason why we lost because we are very talented. I think man for man, we are a much better team than Toronto and we should have showcased it. And second half, I was expecting that to be the case. But what happens? 
No. What happened? Let's talk about what happened in the second half because the second half is what kills us completely. So we start off, and I think to myself, all we have to do is retain the ball, move it around, get Toronto players a little bit stretched, open up these gaps, open up these spaces we were opening right before they scored on us, and we'll be good money. But what do we do? We let Toronto have the ball. We let Toronto go and get what they needed. We let them grow. We let them get more confident. We let them have the ball. We let we gave them everything for them to crucify us, and they did. They did. We knew that they needed at least a two-goal cushion to go into the Aseca a little bit more comfortable. So Piojo's, Piojo's thought was, okay, we'll give them the ball. We'll soak the pressure, and we'll get them on the counterattack. But as we know, that didn't work at all. It did not work at all. And Toronto C was running circles around us. So frustrating to see on the pitch. You were covering this game for the second half for, for the Twitter page. What was your emotions? What was your reaction seeing the, the the pretty poor start from our team? Man, I mean, just very frustrating, dude. I mean, I think if I if I just, I just didn't, I just really like how the team came out and started to perform either as well. I think one player that stood out for me, um, not even for Medica, for Toronto side was Michael Bradley. Michael Bradley seemed to me that he was all over the midfield. Uh, I see him dispossessing disp- players, uh, a few interceptions here and there. And so, you know, um, you see those key factors, something that Michael Bradley, Michael Bradley's doing that you want to see Guido doing. And, you know, I wouldn't say nobody had a good second half, dude. And the whole team didn't have a good second half. Yoho didn't have a good second half. The club itself didn't have a good second half. The beach player that was representing us didn't have a good second half. And it's frustrating to see that those factors come into play too as well that kept us from performing at our 100%, our best that we know these players can play. Because like you said, we have the talent. We have the players that can go out and perform. And we have the players that are better than Toronto, but did we go ahead and do that? No, we didn't. And it comes down to also uh, Piojo, like you said, adapting to to these conditions. Not not just not just what Toronto's doing tactically, but you know whether it comes to the pitch, whether it comes to the weather. You know, and obviously you can't control that, but there are some ways to adapt it too as well. And that's something that Piojo didn't do, whether and whether it be tactically, whether it be substitution wise. It's something Bioho didn't do, and it's something we've talked about time and time again. And it, it just seems like it's a never-ending cycle to this point. It does. It does look like it's a never-ending cycle. And and you know we'll 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 talk about the whole substitution things right now in a second. But I want to touch upon the fact that we we were not doing what we had to do, and because of that, we gave the ball. And then what happened? Toronto FC scored that third goal. Once that third goal goes in, my initial reaction is okay. We need to bring Henry off the bench right away. Because now we're chasing the game even more. Now we need those legs. Now we need a player that is going to run and chase. Because what Oriol Peralta was doing so well in the first half and what most of the players like Cecilio and Mateus Uribe and Ibarwen were doing was whenever the back line had that ball was as long as you pressured them, you saw a mistake come out of it. And who's better to chase than Henry Martin? This guy has legs for days. You know, he'll chase down a ball, even if it looks impossible, he'll go at it and he'll really put the pressure. And that's something that we needed at that point after conceding that third goal. You knew you were going to have to chase that game. You knew that they were going to try to, you know, move the ball around and keep possession even more so than they were doing. So now you needed someone to come off the bench and do that. But guess what? We didn't see Henry until what? The 80th minute? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 80th minute, yeah. 80th minute. We conceded a goal in the 50-something minute. That's practically 30 minutes have gone by and you don't get your best forward out there on the pitch to try to get you something 
unbelievable, unbelievable. And you just kind of saw it at, once we can see that third goal. You can see it in the players' faces and in, in their reaction and their body movement and the way they were playing. They they kind of almost were kind of giving up, you know? They they they're kind of lost. They they kind of had no answer to it. Even when it was time for us to 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 go chase the game, to go forward and and to press and and kind of find all these options, we didn't have a really good opportunity at goal until Henry Martin comes in and has that opportunity. You know what? Mm-hmm. What what do you think? I mean, we've talked. I mean, like, like we keep repeating stuff, and and that's what that's what seems it kind of sucks to me because we keep repeating stuff and. Stuff doesn't get answered, and it feels I feel like to me that we kind of run out a little bit of talk to because we keep repeating stuff, but it keeps being the same thing over and over. I mean, obviously, you know, you take out Carlos Vargas, Vargas is not doing such great of having such great of a game in which he hasn't, and so you bring in Joe Corona, and so you start to think, okay, well, Joe's a pretty good option, probably not the most exciting, but still a good viable option. You know, some might consider it questionable, some might. I don't know. It's just the way you perceive it too as well. But then, like you said, the 80th minute, we don't see the next up to the 80th minute whenever you have all this time in, in between. I mean, even, even if it wasn't good to be Joe as a second sub, you know, where's Renato too? Renato was a, was a good option off the bench too as well. But we don't see Renato to the 89th minute. And what's, what's Renato going to do in the 80th minute with, with like what, five minutes left to play? And it's, it's, it's like I said, it comes back to it, dude. Bielho's got to adapt no matter what. He's got to change things up. He's got to realize this stuff. And it just doesn't seem like he doesn't. It just seems like he just decides to sit there and tell them to go try anyways. It's like you're driving down the interstate at 75 miles per hour then taking the stairwell and chucking it out the window. I mean, that's how it just feels like to me, man. I mean, Bielho just like going with the flow of the game regardless of of – what players are playing bad or anything like that. He he just he has so much trust in these players that he it just feel like he doesn't make a substitution. Wants to make a substitution. Wants to make a change. Wants to make a difference in the scoreline. It is, and it's unacceptable. It's an unacceptable from from him, and and it's unacceptable from the players to to put out a performance like that. That is a horrible performance. A very a performance they should be ashamed of. Really, they should be ashamed to have performed that badly against a side that, yes, as much as they've accomplished, they are no team. They they do not come close to what we are, you know. And then and I know many people will say, well, you know, they're playing. They got social players. They they you know they out you know tactically wise they were better. This and that. Okay, I get that. But ultimately, we carry the burden, not a burden, excuse me, but we carry the responsibility of being the best team in Mexico so we should show and be the best team in a comp- in a competition like this in where the best of the best are playing each other and since you strive to be the best you should be the best then go out there and perform like you're the best this is what you pay to do so do it so this is unfortunate for for our side and really it's 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 shameful in the sense that one the team wasn't able to respond after conceding a, a goal and and two the fact that Pio Herrera isn't you know is too scared to make a, a, a move because he thinks he's going to disrupt the way that his team is playing. Because at that point, let me tell you, the team was not looking like a very good flowing system. At that point, you could have chucked in two, three players, and it probably would have been the best thing you could have possibly done instead of leaving those players on the pitch. 
Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, time and time, you know, we we've we've always said too that this is the this is the same Piojo. We feel like Piojo's gonna lead us back to the promised land. But right now, I'm, I'm losing, starting to lose my faith in Piojo a little bit, man. I mean, I hate to say it, you know, I like Piojo. You know, he he did a lot of great things when his first stint with America, and we've seen what he did with a little bit too with the national team. But and then you see with see it with Tijuana too a little bit. But I mean, now he came back and. It seems like it's going good, but just the same things keep repeating, and it's starting to lose my faith a little bit in him. Yep, at that as most American Nisas are at this point, but I don't think it's time for us to think about getting rid of him just yet. I think it's time for us to maybe put the pressure on him and kind of be like, "Yo, you got to do better than this." You know, you're the, you're the you're you're the chosen one to you know push us forward. Do so, show us. You know, so hopefully that that he can do so, and then of course. The game ends. It's three one. Ultimately, you're you're upset. You're mad. You're frustrated because this should have not been the way that this game was supposed to go. We were supposed to get a result. A result would have been, I would have taken a two one loss. I would have. Yeah. Would have yeah. taken a two one loss. I would have taken a three two loss. Much better. Mm-hmm. I would have taken a two two. Of course, anyone would have taken a win, but any anything that would have been quote unquote a result would have been good. We do not get a result at Toronto. We ultimately yeah. end up getting a re- re- Yeah, regar- regardless that we got it in a red goal. Regardless, yeah, regardless of that. Yeah, regardless of that, man. Because it's 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 not enough. It's not enough. And it's going to be a tough game. And I'm just going to put this out here. Knowing how important it is for us to go into this Conca Champions final, knowing who our opponent is, this Saturday, do you throw away the Nakaxa game, or do you, and give pure pure focus on Toronto, or do you kind of do what Piojo did and kind of play the league and cook a champions at the same time, kind of risking your starters? No man, you're good. You're gonna have to throw this Nakaxa game away, dude. I mean, I mean, no disrespect to Nakaxa, Nakaxa fans or anything. I mean, Nakaxa is a good team, but at the same time, man, if like like we said at the beginning of the pod, you know, whenever you when you ask me, do you want Conco champions or do you want Ligia? I want Conco champions, and I'm gonna stick to that, man. And I want to see this team exceed in that because I mean, we we still got about four games left in the in the season, and we're in fourth place right now on 21 points. I do believe I could be wrong. 24. Don't call me on that. 24. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. 24 is be my next guess, but but I mean, we 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 still got we still got. Uh, a little bit of time, you know, some things might have to factor out a little bit too as well. But at, at this point, man, you're going to have to throw that game away. If you, if you really, really want to make it to that final, which I'm assuming the objective is to win it all, which Bioho is probably under a lot of pressure right now, especially after that result that we got last night. Okay. So we throw away the Nakaxa game. I think everyone would be on board on that. Play, play the babies, play whoever you need to play. Rest the key players. And this is kind of an address to the team. Kind of an address to the to the squad, to kind of address to Piojo, everything. Tuesday, you walk out there into the Stadio Azteca and you die on the pitch to get the results. Because guess what? This is not new to us. For every single one of those MLS people saying, oh, we got the result, you know, blah, 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 blah. America's no no easy team. America's not even that good, blah, blah, blah. MLS is going to take it. No. 
Let's put a halt to that. Let's put a stop to that. No more. All right? Toronto FC, yeah, they had their good game at home with terrible conditions, blah, 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 blah. Now it's our turn to use our home advantage. The stack is going to be no easy place for them. You know, Jovinko may be fast, but how fast is he when the altitude is nearly choking him? And how good is, is this defense going to be once they see how tired they get once it gets to the 60th minute? You know, this is the time yeah. to utilize it. This is the time to go out there. And I'm not talking about an easy comeback. I'm not talking about America going out there and winning 2-0 or maybe possibly winning 3-1, taking this to extra time. No, I want this team to go out there and not score one, not two, not three, not four, but five, six goals. Showcase, show them. I want to literally embarrass this Toronto FC side once they come to the Azteca and showcase to the world how good of a team we are, regardless of who's in front of us, because that's who we are and that's how we should be. This is the team, that badge, that symbolizes greatness. And we need to go out there and we need to prove that greatness. So come Tuesday, Piojo needs to line up every single one of those players, needs to line up every single one. And from kickoff, we need to go and put the ball into the back of the net from kickoff. Right away, just like that. Everyone needs to be out there with that mentality that no matter what happens, today we go and we come out victorious and we're going into the final. It's that simple. You got to do it like that. If 20 minutes have gone by and there is, we're only winning by one goal, I want to see everyone rushing, everyone giving the opportunity. Once it comes down to the 60th minute and we only need a goal, chuck in who you need to chuck in, but get that goal. It's that simple. And I want to see that team go out there and perform like that. Yeah, man. We're going to have to leave everything on the field come Tuesday. No regrets, nothing, man. Uh, Bill Hull's got to rest the key players, which which really he should have done uh, past this past Saturday against Cruz Azul, too, as well. Uh, I mean, probably not every single one of them because, you know, like we said, it's a classical. You know, you want to see – you want to win the classicals and you want to see players thrive, too, as well. But, I mean, he – he didn't really have to start a lot of the a lot of those players too as well like Mateus Oribe, maybe Guido, um, probably Oribe too as well. But I mean, regardless, man, I mean everything's gonna have to be left on the field Tuesday night. No regrets. No regrets. Nothing whatsoever. Everyone needs to go out there. There's still 90 minutes in this, and there's still another side to this story that is yet to be untold, and that that script has to go our way. It just we have to mold it, we have to shape it. No matter what happens, we need to make sure we come out on top once uh that final whistle blows on Tuesday. So how are you feeling about Tuesday? Are you confident that the team can do it? Are you worried about what Piojo is thinking of what he can possibly do? Or are you pretty confident that this team can can pull the comeback? Um uh, right now. I just want to know what's going through Piojo's mind, what what he's thinking, because obviously he's still got to think about this Nakaxa game. And so I think we'll know a little bit more, too, as well, once we get Nakaxa out the way. And we'll see how um, what he goes with, the starting 11 and everything. But I still feel pretty confident. I feel like we can go in and easily is uh, get that win once we showcase that once we're at home, dude, because it's, it's not ever easy sometimes going in that stick and getting a result. And you know, like you said, out, out, some altitude will play a factor. Um, yeah, you know, just the crowd. You know, maybe you know, maybe the players like that have never experienced in a crowd like that before. But that the Toronto players are going to get their second win early. It's not going to come in the second half. Um, if it does, it's going to be like in the within the first five ten minutes of the second half. 
but you know it's not going to be easy for them but we'll see how it goes for us too as well yep every single one of our players need to go out there and be ready they need to be warriors and they need to go out there and perform like that and piojo needs to cement that in their brain how important it is for us to get to this final because once we get to the final then we can deal with whoever it is whether it's chivas whether it's new york red bulls it doesn't matter at that point what matters is getting past this Toronto FC side and getting through and, and kind of because right now we're the ridicule. We're the ridicule of the football world in North America. You know, everyone's kind of lulling at us because of what Toronto FC did. And all these MLS experts and all these MLS people, they're 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 getting a little bit cocky. They're thinking, oh, you know, this is what we did to Club America. You know, look what we did to Tigres at their home. Imagine what we're gonna do to them. Like, no. That like this has to be this. We need to put a stop on this, and mm-hmm. Tuesday is the moment to do so. And the team, as a whole, needs to go out there and showcase exactly what they can do, and why we're favorites to winning this tournament. I agree, man. One hundred percent agree. So we'll be talking about this. What will we be back um, before the Toronto game or after the Toronto game? Um, I have to check my planner. I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, we'll Something let you guys know. And if um, we'll, 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 we'll get our preview going no matter what. We'll get something going for the Toronto FC match. Um, but if you but but if you have to pick right now, uh, do we make the comeback, yes or no? What's your answer? We make the comeback, dude. We'll make the comeback. No I'm, putting, yeah, I'm putting it down to we're making the comeback. It won't be easy. But if we can go out there and showcase how well of a team we are and how hungry we want this, then it's an, it's it's all ours. It's all ours. So I'm putting it down as yes, we're we're, we're in command of our own destiny at this point, and we need to we need to make sure that we take advantage of it and that we make the comeback. So that's that. That's Toronto. Ultimately, to wrap it up, frustrating on all ends, but hopeful still that this team can get the result. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Anything you want to add? Um, uh, no. I mean, just just let's go ahead and do it Monday. We'll do we'll we'll, do, we'll have a pod Monday. All right, yeah, we'll Humphrey have a Monday, pod dude. Monday. We'll get to you guys and we'll we'll give you guys everything Toronto FC and America in in the Estadio Seca. We will get everything going that day. We'll 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 have it all. We'll get ready because the comeback is on, and uh, we'll we'll definitely have to do everything in our power to get you guys happy and get you guys ready. And of course, Piojo needs to put everyone in there. Even Henry. Henry needs to start that game. Henry needs to be one of the first names on that team sheet. It's that simple. It's that simple. Jeremy Mena is going to be back, but I would like him to come off the bench. So, you know, I think he'd be the perfect kind of like super sub in this matchup because I think at that point, like we mentioned, tired legs from Toronto and a Jeremy Menace who's adapted a little bit more to the altitude, and a Jeremy Menace who's you know primarily known for not only his speed but his technical ability could do some real damage. So hopefully, hopefully that's how they 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 kind of see that going, and hopefully Piojo you know follows in that footstep as well. Yeah, definitely, man, definitely. So we'll be back Monday, um, April. I have no idea what 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 the day is going to be, but. Uh, we'll be back next Monday. Dylan, I know you're going to give me that date right now. Um, and we'll have April you guys 9th. covered with everything for Toronto FC against America and the Estadio Azteca. 
it should be a really really good matchup so um yeah let's 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 wrap it up with with toronto and let's briefly talk nikaxa before we uh before we go yeah, yeah, let's, let's definitely do that. We we'll talk a little bit about uh, the upcoming game. You know, um, it'd be interesting to see uh, the lineup too. Uh, too, because I, I know Nagax has been doing freaking wonders at the at the moment with the team uh, and in the league too as well. So you know, it's going to be a, diff- a little bit of difficult game too, depending how the lineup is put out too. We'll we'll just kind of see a little bit because and you know, obviously we we don't know the lineup. And we're hoping, you know, it's a little bit of rotational squad because we want to save some key players for Toronto. Okay, so let's talk squad then. Let's, let's give our lineup. Give me your I'll, – I'll give you my predicted lineup. I usually tell you, but we'll, we'll switch around. I'll give you my predicted lineup for, for Nick Exa, and then you let me know uh, if you agree or, or disagree and who would you put on your starting 11. So I'm going uh, Marchingo. I'm going 4-4-2. I'm going uh, Paul Aguilar. I'm going Edson Alvarez. I'm going Emmanuel Aguilera. And I'm going Aldo Cruz. So that's our back four. On the mm-hmm. right, I can see uh, Ibarwen starting again. In midfield, um, I'm going Joe Benny Corona and Will and the Silva again. And on the left, Big Shock, Diego Linus. Diego Line is on the left. And up top, I think uh we'll definitely see Henry Martin with uh with either Guero Diaz, which I would prefer, but I think it's gonna be Oriol Peralta. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so too. Um yeah, the big shock, you know, people are listening, you know, me and I were kind of talking about that too. Uh, I told him I said, you just just throw liners in there, you know, whether you have a bad game or not, just let him play the full 90 minutes to see what he can do. And um I I, I can agree to that lineup. Um I do think, though, that we're going to be surprised come Saturday, though, because I feel like Bill is going to mess with us and actually start players that we don't want to see start because we want to save them for Toronto. But that's the lineup I'm really, really hoping for at this moment. Yeah, so am I. So am I because I, I, I we can't risk anything right at this point. Toronto is the more important matchup. And I'm not trying to say any disrespect to Nekaxa, or I'm not no. trying to say that this match is no. not important whatsoever because it is, because it's three very valuable points that if we were able to walk away with would mean the world. But I think it comes down to priorities. And I think the priority here needs to be Toronto. And if we lose against Nekaxa, if we throw it away, then we throw it away. And we walk away with it. And as long as we get the result against Toronto, then it, it was a it was a perfect kind of trade off, so you know we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll we'll have you guys covered for that game entirely on our on our Twitter. We'll we'll have you guys. It's gonna be seven p.m. Pacific time, nine p.m. Central time. So hopefully you guys are ready for that. It should be a good game, regardless of who plays. I think it's gonna be a good matchup. I think uh, you know Nakaxa are doing things well. Nacho Ambriz has the has that team going and and looking really good. They're obviously in the in the fight for a playoff position. So. You know they're gonna bring everything, um, so right. it should be interesting to see exactly what what happens. So hopefully we can walk away with a good result. I think I think me and you would be extremely happy if we walk away with a draw. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take a draw too, because uh, I mean, I, at at this point too, I mean, I mean, it kind of contradicts what I said, you know, with the uh, with the uh, whenever we talked about those those four draws that we had in a row. But I mean, at this point, the point is gonna go a long way than no points at all. 
Yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting to that point in the season where it's it's do or die. And um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, it's, you know things kind of line up like this. But I think the priority needs to be Toronto. If we lose against Nikaxa, if we draw against Nikaxa, it is what it is. Let's just not put our best players at risk. Let's save them and let's get them ready because Tuesday is going to be a really, really tough match. And let's remember, we're not at home. You know, we're we're traveling to Aguascalientes. We're we're, we're away. It's it's not like we're going to be at home. If we were at home, then okay, then I could get three, four starters coming in. But we're away, and you know, you still have to consider the fact that they're traveling. So it's still, I, I'd rather we save some of our key players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree to that. So I mean, yeah, and and I think they make the, the they put they they make a great point in the in the group chat, Julian, saying you know Oribe's getting older, maybe he shouldn't be playing two games, you know, so consistently in the sense that you know the distance of the travel and all that stuff too, you know, it's it's no disrespect to the player, it is what it is. Everyone you know eventually grows old, but um, you know we need to save him, you know, because I think the best Oribe Peralta is a rested Oribe Peralta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. It is what it is, too. I mean, he is our captain. And so, um, you know, I think people expect to start him every game. And I think we could probably expect that for the rest of the season, too. Well, we'll have to wait and see. But hopeful, hopeful for Saturday. Hopeful that we can get something going. Hopeful that we'll see Linus, too. But most importantly, hopeful that come Tuesday, we'll have a well-rested squad. So is there anything else you want to add on to the Nakaksa game? I know we didn't really give a full preview, but I think it just merits the fact that we're, we're kind of more focused on Toronto. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I mean, uh, just like you said, you know, we're more focused on Toronto. No disrespect to Nakaxa, Nakaxa fans, anything, you know, we're we're just putting our priorities different, like you said. So, no, I feel like I feel like we covered it. Alrighty then. Well, with that said, it's been episode fourteen, ladies and gentlemen, from the Eagle Eye Podcast headquarters. My name is Ivan. I've been your host as always. Thank you, Dylan, for being the best co-host out there and sharing your frustration. Oh, man. I mean, need a vacation after that. Tell you that. <laughs> well, I think your internet's already putting you there because, of course, all the technical difficulties. We do apologize for that. Uh, we will we'll definitely be working on trying to have less, uh, less, less of that uh, happen on the show. But again, thank you for all of you guys who have supported us. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Eagle Eye Pod because we're going to have a giveaway very soon. We're at 180 followers on Twitter. All we need to do is reach 12 more, and we'll be giving away uh, a scarf, correctly? Uh, yeah, we yeah we could definitely do another scarf again, too. Scarf giveaway, or, or we'll talk, I'll, I'll talk to my man right here, Dylan, and we'll see what we have for you guys. But make sure you guys do follow us on that, and because you'll automatically be entered if you follow us. So why not? Why not try to win your chances of getting a nice scarf and getting yourself ready for winter, even though we're getting closer to summer? Um, ultimately, thank you guys for, for, for the follows, for, for the love, for the support, everyone, uh, on the group chat. Thank you so much to, to everyone. Shout out to, to Christian, shout out to Julian, shout out to everyone who listens to us in the East coast, New York. I know you're out here, everyone in, in, uh, in Texas out there repping with my boy Dylan, everyone out here in the, in the Pacific coast and central everywhere in the world. Thank you guys for listening. We do greatly appreciate that. We'll be back next Monday and we'll talk everything Toronto FC and we'll talk everything CCL and hopefully we can walk away with a smile on our face come Wednesday. So with that said, thank you guys. It was an episode 14 until next time. We'll see you guys very, very soon. 
And um, Dylan has a little bit of something to say. Dylan, what do you have to say? Bye, friends. Bye, friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you guys on the next one. Don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes as well. You guys can always have us on the go. And like I said, we'll see you guys very soon. Until next time, take care. Y arriba la América.